What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Posbon, and with me, as always, is Aaron Balauchuk. Hey. And Jordan Belinsky. Hello. For those that don't know, VGM stands for Video Game Music, and we are taking you through the generations. Basically, once a week now, uh, three friends with very gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And in this month's episodes, we are talking about boss themes, or... If you prefer boss music. And we do prefer boss music. <laughs> Some of us. Some of us prefer <laughs> boss music. So the things we argue about. The things we argue about. <laughs> Very small. Small things. That's why we're still friends. But uh, yeah, so boss theme. So the music that plays when you're fighting the boss. Now, this doesn't have to be the final boss. It should be mentioned. Yeah. Oh, you said the boss. So I was going to clarify. But yeah. You it, already are. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the final boss. Just any boss in the game. So uh, I'll go first. And for me... The first pick, one of the greatest games of all time, no question, Super Mario World, and it's the Koopaling boss theme. It's all the Koopalings. <laughs> Is it the best game? Nah. I said one of, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> really? You guys, really? <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, I thought this was, I thought in our group there would be no discussion about this, but, but I, mean, I guess I, maybe we've I, never I said this. I came from a Genesis family. Me too. So. I did start on the Genesis, but I grew up on Super Nintendo, and I think Super Mario World is just one of my least favorite Mario games. I don't know. Really? I, I think it's really that's good. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. A couple it's, of the centers here. It's it's below three. That's for sure. It's yeah. no three. Agreed. Yeah, th- and, and it's no two. Exactly. Really? Two. Holy moly! <laughs> okay, two, two might be the best. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, yeah. Okay. But that's the. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I do like two a lot. I like like and that's Mario sixty four is better. I like Galaxy is better too. There's yes. so many yes. great. <laughs> there's so many great Mario games, but for me personally, and I think for a lot of people out there, Mario World was like. It was like everything that three was and then more. And it just like, especially going from like the NES graphics to the SNES graphics, like that was mind blowing. Like, and for me, like when I think of Mario, like my favorite version of Mario in terms of the art style, the color palette, the way the enemies looked, all that stuff, like that's Mario World they, like, for they, me. But Mario World was the game that ruined Goombas. It gave us those weird Goombas yeah, that what, weren't what real Goombas. That? Yeah. I don't know. And, and I like Goombas. They look really good. So I, I'm going to say that Mario World is is just above Super Mario Land on the quality scale. <laughs> <laughs> so harsh. I, just, I will say that when I play Mario Maker, I do go to Super Mario World as my favorite template. Yeah, come on. There you go. There you go. That, that settles it. <laughs> Only because all those other games we listed aren't in the game. Yeah. Three is. Three is. Yeah, and but three's great. there's no Mario 64, no Mario Galaxy. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's a, <laughs> I know, a side-scrolling I know. 2D game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, okay, well... All that aside. <laughs> so Mike's got this horrible game he yeah, wants Yeah, I got this about. terrible <laughs> game apparently that I want to talk about. Nobody likes. Um, Super Mario World, Koopaling Boss thing. Uh, developed, published by Nintendo, of course. Uh, 1991 came out. And then the music by the legendary Koji Kondo. Um, you know, Nintendo's great composer. Um, so few facts that I found. Uh, composed the whole game using only an electronic keyboard. It didn't use any orchestration or anything like that. He just did it all on the on the keyboard. And then all the music in the game, with the exception of the title screen, credits, maps, f- and fighting Bowser, is a variation on the same melody. Now, the best place to hear this from my listening is if you just do the overworld theme and then you do like the water theme, you can hear it's the exact same melody and it's the tempo that's changed and uh, the key is changed slightly. So you're saying that uh, Koji Kondo had one idea for this this game and that was it. He <laughs> I'm had saying, a single idea and he just kept doing that. I'm saying <laughs> it's a great overall like 
overreaching concept that he yeah. put into it. He was lazy is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I then, can't get uh, this one song out of my head, so I guess that's every song. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, you guys are just taking the piss out of Super Mario World right now. I can't believe this shit. But times. anyway, man, I can't believe it. All right, I guess we. this is things I should discuss before the podcast starts because I'm in shock here. But anyway. Uh, we love Koji Kondo. He is good. Yeah. I like the, him. He's the man. <laughs> yeah, right. he is legendary. Uh, and then obviously everybody knows this, but when you ride Yoshi, uh, you get the bongos, which I love. And That's then a- that continued forward into, uh, sunshine, yeah, sunshine and galaxy it. two. Yep. Yeah. Galaxy two. Yeah. Not galaxy. Also. Yeah. Galaxy, galaxy, galaxy two. two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else I can say about this game. I love it. Apparently a lot of other people love it. If you go online and read reviews, people love it, but uh, not everyone in this room loves it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. But anyway, uh, here's the Koopalings theme. Um, I know it. I love it. And uh, you guys have a listen and decide for yourselves. This is fun. I don't hate Mario World. <laughs> this it's is not ju- that you like. This is just no, fun. No, it yeah, is one it, of the greatest games of all time. The fact but, that you guys yeah. aren't like with me on like, yeah, this is the great. <laughs> but one when of you the greatest compare the greatest, time. one of the greatest franchises within itself, yeah, you can get a exactly. little pickier. Yeah, and well, I'm, I'm sure. not kidding about like three and two and sixty four and galaxies all being. You would all put that. those above oh, yeah. World. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no yeah. way. I think not a chance. Yeah, if we were to play the same Mario games together, I think we would be just fine because mm-hmm. two, three, sixty-four, and Galaxy. Those are my favorites. See, yeah. I agree now, but with the exception of like, like for two and three, you can say that. But like, I don't think you would have sixty-four and Galaxy the way they were if you never had World. Like, ah. I think the way Mario feels and like how he de- how he was developed like two is a whole different story because of the doki doki panic and all that yeah, yeah. but um like yeah i just i don't know to me world is like where mario like in all the bros he was like you know he was the swirling mass of gas and then he firm- formed into the mario <laughs> planet in in world i feel like world they took it into the dinosaur world and none of that carried over into mar any of the other mario games i feel like mario 64 borrowed from the original one in three, a lot more than any other Mario games. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. Like, it's not about just the characters and the aesthetic yeah. because it's the evolution of where the game went. Exactly. But I think what it borrowed most from to me is, is more of the classic stuff. See what world gave us, I think was ghost houses. That's what came out of a uh, world that, all was, that the, was awesome. Was yeah. Ghost houses. All the boost There's tons stuff. of awesome stuff. <laughs> what, what sort of killed me, I think, about world was that in three, they had like a ton of these unique costumes. They had like the frog suit and the Hammer Brothers suit and the uh, 
Tanuki suit. Tanuki suit. Yeah. And, yeah, the raccoon. And they had a ton of different stuff. And then, you know. But then you got the awesome then cape. Then they threw that all away for the feather and the cape. <laughs> they, and the cape is so cool, though. You can <laughs> hit the ground and it's so great. That, that was cool. In their defense, they introduced Yoshi and all of the different items Yoshi could eat to give Yoshi powers. Yeah. But I did, I prefer the suits, too. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot better. Oh, you know what was also better? It was uh, Yoshi's Island. Yes. Yeah. That no, was a great you game. are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> Yoshi's Island is not, I love Yoshi's Island, but it is not better than Super Mario <laughs> World. It not was a, a good game. It was a yeah. good game. And the biggest thing for me is I don't hate Mario World by any means. I just don't have the nostalgia attached to it. I want to, oh, man. I want to add And it's on, funny because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Sonic kid too. Like mm-hmm. I, or is Genesis kid too. Like that's where I started. But like, I remember going over to my friend's house and playing Super Mario World for the first time and being like, fuck, I bought the wrong, co- like I got the wrong console. <laughs> like. I remember that. Like, I, I really genuinely remember Filled going over it. I, I had was that just experience. Like, I wish my parents would have caught me. <laughs> I had the same experience where I went to a friend's house to his birthday party, to one of the sleepover birthday parties yeah, where yeah, he yeah, had I a know. Super Nintendo as well. And I remember defending my Genesis to the death at that. Oh, yeah. Everyone else at well, the party died. As a kid, I, as a... <laughs> All you have to I say is everyone. all you have to say is blast processing, and you yeah, automatically exactly. win. <laughs> blast processing. Well, that's how Sega, that's how Sega tried to market it. But, um, oh yeah, no. But it was like that, like that opened me up to like, wow, this like the SNES is an amazing thing. Like, look at the colors and like the music and the the characters. Like, I love all the characters. I love all the enemies. Where's the blood, Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> it's Grey Goop. Yeah, but anyway, before we jump off this song, I do want to add, I'm. I'm pretty sure this is also the sub-boss theme as well. Do you guys remember the Reznors? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, those dinosaurs that run mm-hmm. around on those tracks. Mm-hmm. Is this not the same theme that plays during that battle too? I'm I think not, it is. I'm not sure. You're you're probably right, but I'm not I'm not 100% okay. sure. Okay. Okay. Are you questioning the legitimacy of this as a boss theme? It is no. <laughs> it's still a boss wow, theme. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just tear me down a little more. No. <laughs> Cuz if it's the Reznor theme, then it's yeah. it's clearly still a boss theme, but I just, I always thought that that was a really interesting uh, scenario. The Resners, those dinosaurs, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that was based off of Trent Resner, mm-hmm. professional musician, you know, the head guy of Nine Inch Nails. Yep. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just asking if you guys. Another music fact. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Throwing in music facts, but just didn't know if you guys knew if that was the theme Maybe or not. Maybe that's a common thing in Mario. It's just like all of the uh, musician names for all of the Koopa The Koopalings, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's another great Yeah. Too. Because this is the Koopaling theme, but yeah, that's another. They're great all thing. they're all named after musicians. There's right? like Lemmy, which Lemmy from Motorhead. From Motorhead, yeah. Roy, uh, Roy, Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison. He even has the Ludwig. same glasses. Ludwig, yeah. uh, Beethoven, Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. Wendy, which well, the, who's Wendy? Yeah, Wendy Okupa is her name, but the the musician I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah. But, but they every, are yeah. Every all single seen the list. Iggy before. is Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah. Iggy yeah. Pop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, that's that's great. That yeah. was and like um just to speak of the Koopalings just for one more second, but uh Mario Kart eight, um, having all those guys in there is it it makes me so Every happy. Every Mario game should bring them back. Oh yeah, yeah they're, no, the they're the best. They're the best. I lost my that mind. would have been like can you imagine if they had throw those throw those in their like galaxy or something? Yeah. Like, that would have been stellar. Well they did have them in um the Wii U New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, not to go on a tangent and go off topic. <laughs> but we're going to. But really quick, <laughs> Nintendo just announced a new XL that has a galaxy theme cover. Yes, I saw that. Ooh. I'm hoping. Do you think? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Mario's not on the cover. No. But why would they do that? 
Yeah, I'm hoping it, it's just I'm, like it's like um, basically it's like a picture. If you haven't seen, it's like kind of almost a picture of like a nebula or something. Yeah, it's basically just like starry background. But they're officially calling it the galaxy. The cover. galaxy cover. So yeah. why would they why would they announce that yeah. with no mm-hmm. context, no tie into a <laughs> Nintendo property? Because yeah. it's Nintendo and like they want to get everybody's hopes up, and they don't even realize <laughs> they're doing it either. What they're going to say? Do you think of that out? Of, I don't. Th- I feel like this. They're going to say. Med- Federation Force Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I, be- I, I totally <laughs> believe. It. I totally believe it that they would do something like that, and it wouldn't even occur to them that you know yeah. it's a tease for something. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. I feel like a few years ago, maybe, but I feel like the the current Nintendo, and I can't even see like the modern Nintendo, but the current Nintendo, which is the Nintendo that's bringing out the NES uh, Mini, Mini, and yeah. the Nintendo that's like uh, you know that has all this rumored vision for the NX and stuff like that. I feel like they're a lot more in touch. Like they understand what people want. So I feel like that galaxy tease, like that <laughs> oh, could be, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be great. All it right. Would you, be great. And I, I hope for it too. All right. Jordan, you want to go next? I will go next. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump back to 1992 and uh, one of the, one of the last games in production for the Nintendo entertainment system. Actually, no, this is the Famicom. I'm going to talk about a Famicom game. We haven't talked about those yet. Nope. Um, I've actually played this game. Um, I played a reproduction on the Nintendo. Um, it's a game that didn't get released in North America. In Japan, it was called gimmick. Um, it came out in 1992 and in parts of Scandinavia, 93 <laughs> under the <laughs> wow. name, under the name, Mr. Gimmick. Oh, I want to find that Scandinavian version. It's going to cost a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that's why I bought a reproduction cart. It's uh, it's an expensive game, but um, Mr. Gimmick came out in a time uh, when Sunsoft, the developer really wanted to, Um, I guess blow everybody out of the water, make a really cool game. The Super Nintendo had just come out about, I don't know, a year or less than a year ago. They were still making Nintendo games, but production was running down. And Sunsoft wanted to take one last crack at a really, really great Nintendo game. And they've made some of the best Nintendo games. So they challenged themselves to compete with Super Nintendo and Super Famicom, make the ultimate game. So they had one of the biggest production teams (laughs) of all time. I'm just going to say, and this is why we all know of this game today. It really well, made a huge splash. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> didn't, ever, didn't even get released in North America. I will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and say that this is one of the most underrated and best NES games of all time. And because Ooh. of that comment, <laughs> I'm going to say this is the, in my opinion, best NES soundtrack of all time. Ooh, that is a, that's so really bold. I'm, I'm putting bold, it all out that's there. That's a bold yeah. proclamation. I'm, I'm jumping out there and I'm putting it all well, on the line. now that you've put this, we have to play this game. So you, you're going to have to provide this repo cart that we have to play. I, w- I will. I'm going to, so a little, <laughs> little, little more context into the production because um, I think that's the most interesting part. Um, when you, when you, again, make a bold statement like we're going to take on the Super Nintendo. So, I just want to ask because you said all that, or yeah. I, and I don't know. You may be getting to this point, but why? Why did it fail? I will. Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll just answer your question. Um, the main reason was the uh, the design, the the aesthetic of the game. Um, Sunsoft America didn't think it would be right for Amer- North American audiences because it had that really Japanese cutesy feel to it. Oh, okay. And at this time, Sunsoft had another game called Euphoria. So um, both Mister Gimmick and Euphoria were being released around the same time. They were late run production NES games and they were both dropped in North America because they just didn't fit the appeal of something like say, um, 
what's that one? Uh, Journey to Silius, you know, mm -hmm. some, or Blaster Master or Batman. Like those are like hard shooting action games. And that's what Sunsoft wanted. So when they came out with these very Japanese-y, cutesy little cuddly character games, they said, no, we Which don't want them here. Because, you know, Japanese cutesy, cuddly character games do well here. They do. <laughs> Did they do well here in 1991? Mario? Was he a Japanese? He's well, not like an anime character. Look at, yeah, look at that's Kirby, the thing, though. Right? Kirby There's had a, come out already, yeah. and it was one of the most successful yeah. games. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it probably totally would have worked. It was probably just a mistake Again, on their part. Again, this was Sunsoft's decision, not Nintendo's. Yeah. So Sunsoft decided to drop it in North America. Never came out here, but now it's a... A really rare game, hard to find, super expensive. Um, so anyways, one of the largest development teams for any Nintendo game. Um, Sunsoft had a lot of proprietary sound chips for a lot of their games, which is why they have a very unique sound that kind of stands out from other NES games. So they were in the cart then? The chip. They were put in the cart. Yeah. Um, and with Gimmick, they actually developed their own unique sound chip that never that was never again used for any other game besides this one it was oh, called the sunsoft that, 5b that it, probably shot it in the foot as far as getting a release in north america requiring a unique chip well no because there's wasn't actually too odd for in the nes era for mm. chips to be in the cart yeah. yeah yeah but i mean but that's the thing is they there i'm sure they had that sound chip but this needed its own special Specially produced sound but chip. There yeah. were there were NES games that did by Sunsoft that did have unique sound chips already. Mm. So there's no like you could be right. It might have made it harder, but they had done it already. So mm. it's not like this would have been a new thing for them. Unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing because this was uh, originally a Famicom release. Um, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but the Famicom was able to output more sound channels because it used more of the pins. And the reason for that was the NES was originally going to be able to output more sound, um, but it was meant to when they uh, released the Nintendo disk drive, the, um, I forget what it was officially called, but um, they released it in Japan. And when the Nintendo was going to get its version, that's when they were going to be able to output more of the sound. But regardless, that never came out. So oh, we yeah. never got the extra discs, not like in CDs, but they were like those yeah. cartridges. Yeah. 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 The cartridge system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, details. Like a floppy disk system. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly sort of, yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. So they had two things going for them in the sound department, unique sound chip and more channels than the Nintendo. So it's kind of a juggernaut in the sound department. Um, on top of that, just, the design was beautiful. It was, again, going back to the late um, production run of Nintendo games, they looked just as good as early Super Nintendo games. And this game is definitely not an exception. It looks fantastic. Um, so I want to, I guess, obviously go into a boss song. Um, talked enough about the production of the game. It's, it's my favorite NES soundtrack. Um, for like, I never played this when I was a kid, didn't know about it until a couple of years ago. So for me, there's no nostalgia behind this soundtrack. And I think it's one of the best out there. Hmm. Um, highly recommend listening to the whole album, but, um, let's get into the boss theme. Uh, this is the final boss of the game and the song is called long tomorrow final boss part two for Mr. Gimmick. Let's listen.
also the reason that they decided not to do it because they took one look at the cover art for it and decided that they wouldn't it's, go ahead with that. Yeah. That is that is some terrible cover art. Let me see. That's fantastic. I think just <laughs> the production of the game alone is like super interesting. The game itself, like the mechanics in the game, super cool. It has like this really unique, like almost like a physics system built into it where everything's like you're this. Did I play this at your house? I brought it to your place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. the little green guy that throws yeah, stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that game's hard as shit. It is very hard. And that's actually what I'm uh, leading up to this boss battle. Just like a lot of other games like um, Ghosts and Goblins, Bubble Bobble, this has like a good ending and a bad ending. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And it's it's very punishing. Like you have to, if you, there's six, I think six worlds. I might have it written down here. There's... Um, so there's about six levels you play through and you fight the final boss. Um, and that's where I found out for the first time I got the bad ending. So the storyline is you're this little character trying to save the girl. I won't go too much into detail, but you find out that you didn't save the girl at the end and that you got a bad ending just like bubble bobble. Mm -hmm. And then um, you realize you have to go through the game again, collect all the hidden treasure, which is very hidden and hard to get and you have to beat the whole game without dying. If <laughs> you, you do this? Or sorry, not without dying, without getting a, without using a continue. If you manage to beat all six levels, getting the special treasures without running out of lives, and it's like one of those games where it's like you get three lives, three lives yeah. you barely pick up any along the way. So you do that, and then you go to the secret final level, and then you play that level, and then you get to fight the final boss in two different forms. So. You manage to do all of that, then you get the good ending. You save the girl, and that's it. Really hard game. Sounds like it needs a game genie. Did you did you do it? Did you get the good ending? I got the bad ending legit, and I got the good ending with save states. Oh, okay, <laughs> you cheated. Yeah, I yeah. cheated. But Fair enough. I mean, though. that's like I kids. I, kids in the eighties were just born tougher. I tell you what, like. Games today compared to like those old school games. Yeah, I can't in like Ghosts and Goblins or Super uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. I mm. can't get the good ending with save states. Yeah, like, yeah, it's that tough. So yeah. hard. I know it's crazy. All right, uh, Aaron, that's you. Okay, um, I'm jumping ahead in the time consoles. This is outside of the SNES and outside of the Famicom, all the way to the era of the PS2. This is from the year 2005. Ooh. Really jumping through the generations. That's right. The game is called Shadow of the Colossus. It was uh, yeah. not, <laughs> not an obscure title. Everybody's no. <laughs> probably heard of this one. Sold That's very well. so good. It was, uh, the, the soundtrack was composed by Kao Otani. And the game itself was created by uh, sort of, I guess, now a well-known developer, uh, Fumito Ueda, who uh, heads up Team Ico. And nice, it's called, nice pronunciations, by yeah. the way. That was both of those. Very <laughs> and uh, he, he, he was the... Uh, is it Ico or Ico? I heard it was Ico. I've always I've, heard, I've heard it pronounced, it pronounced both ways, but okay. I, I like Ico. So, okay. so actual pronunciation be damned. <laughs> Ico. So, but he heads up a uh, team Ico or Eco, depending on what the weird way you pronounce things. And uh, of course, because they created a game called Ico, mm -hmm. which um, I played after Shadow of the Colossus, and I actually didn't like it as much. I no, didn't yeah, I hear that. I've heard that from many, many, many people. Is that they. Shadow of the Colossus was definitely the bigger game. Um, got more marketing muscle mm. behind it. You almost stuff had like to that. play like Eco first and then. Yeah. yeah. And like, exactly. So all the people yeah. who had played Eco first were like off the wall excited for 
Shadow of the Colossus yeah. and then played it and we're like, this is amazing. But all the people who started with Shadow of Colossus and then went back to Eco were like, yeah. this kind of feels like regressive. And yeah, it, it, it makes yeah, sense. It came it out first, yeah. right? So yeah. and they, they learned. It's definitely like an iterative process, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of steps up. Yeah. But when you when you go backwards, you take a step down. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And and Shadow of the Colossus is one of not just my favorite game on the PS2, but one of my favorite games of all time. Like, yeah. I loved it. And the fact that it got a um HD sort of re-release on the PS3, PS3. Yep. was so awesome. Did they do a PS4? I don't think so. No, 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 no. The, the, the Team Eco Collection was um, PS3 as well. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. Now, um, so if you don't know anything about Shadow of the Colossus, it's the game is all bosses. Like, we're talking about boss themes. The game is nothing but bosses. Yeah, you, so every... every Song yeah. in the game Every is a boss theme. Is a well, boss no, because well, there's no. some overworld music. Here's the interesting thing. There is no overworld music in is Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, no, there's I'm not. I'm remembering wrong. Yeah, you, yes. You're the, just going through silently. Yeah, exactly. And there you just hear music. your horse galloping. And, yeah. yeah. There's music in the cutscenes. Okay, yeah. yeah and yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. Then there's the boss music. And the reason, of course, they did that was because they wanted to create this great sense of isolation and scale, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly like you said, is you hear nothing but your own footsteps, the galloping of your horse, and, you know, just sort of ambient noise. And yeah. it really gives you this sense of, like, desolation and isolation. It's, it's creepy. creepy. <laughs> when, when you're coming up upon a Colossus, can you hear their footsteps, like, in the distance? You, don't it you depends. hear them, like, groaning okay. sometimes, depending on which ones they are? Like, you'll hear, like... I don't know about groaning, but you. it depends on the active state of God, the Colossus. Because a lot of times they aren't active until you sort of trigger something. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes they will sort of be, like, wandering in a spot, and you can sort of hear them as you approach. But usually it's not triggered until you're right, right there. Yeah. So the idea is that you play this guy named Wander and you are coming to this forbidden land that's sort of been sealed off. And he comes with this, uh, this body of this girl. And so the idea is he wants to resurrect this girl by coming to the forbidden land because the God who controls this land can apparently do that. So the God tells you that by defeating these 16 Colossi, you can bring this girl back to life. And so Wander goes off to search this land for these Colossi with his horse Argo. Now, I have to say that one of the things I like best about this game is that Argo is the best horse ever. Yeah, I knew ever, you were going to say that. <laughs> ever to appear in any game it's ever. It's totally true. And, you know, I know the, there's a lot of, like, opponent. Yeah, yeah, suck it, opponent. No, but <laughs> that, that's actually, I was going to say, the only thing that I've ever seen that looks like it's going to come close is um, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. The the horse in Breath of the Wild, whether it's opponent or not, looks very good. And I hope so, because the, one, of the big, one of the big things I about horses in games, and this is totally true of Epona, is that Epona is essentially a car. Yeah. You, ba- you you know, steer it, and then you, like, push the direction. It controls, yeah. like, a car or a tank or whatever, or, like, any vehicle. Mm-hmm. But Argo was actually a horse. Had a little bit of a mind of its own. Isn't it? it it's not Argo. No, it's no, aggro. it's Agro. It's Agro. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, Agro. <laughs> I, always, I always get that wrong until I think in my head about him shouting exactly. the horse's Exactly, that's name. all I knew it, because, like, you always Agro. hear him go, Agro! Agro! Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But uh, Agro was great because he was actually a character. He or yeah. she was actually a character who had a sort of personality. You and could, it would like. Thoughts almost. Yeah, yeah. Felt, it, yeah. She would steer around obstacles. Yeah. Uh, she would come to you when you called. Yeah. Sometimes, they, and they actually programmed this into the game. Sometimes she wouldn't listen to your commands. Yeah. Like at all. And that was defiant. completely intentional. And I was shocked to learn when I was actually researching this that. There were a lot of people who criticized the game because of that. They actually, That's what made it so cool. Yeah, they actually didn't like the fact that sometimes Agro didn't respond to your commands. But 
Agra was a character and you got to know this character. Was that based on how you treated the horse? No. Or did it not matter? <laughs> it no, didn't it was matter. A, just okay. a random thing. But I really tried, but you grew to love this horse, so you try to treat it fairly well. You could like yeah. Uh, and then, you know, spoiler alert for Shadow of the Colossus. Wait, big spoiler alert for <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. If you haven't played it and you don't want to hear spoilers, like a big, big spoiler, jump ahead like a minute or something, even yeah. if you like miss some conversation. Anyway, there's a moment where um, Agro essentially sacrifices herself for you, like throws you across this crumbling bridge and tumbles into a ravine. And that was one of those gaming moments where like my mouth was just sort of hanging open. My yeah. jaw was on the floor and I was like, like heart stopped, like pit in my pit in my stomach. Yeah, horsey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yes. have. That, I didn't know that. Now that, I know. <laughs> that's why you know. I think uh, T. Michael is also known for this. That when uh, the Last Guardian eventually comes out, people are so afraid of like you've got this little boy and you've got this like bird dog, bird dog, cat dragon <laughs> thing. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it looks like uh, the kitty dragon, the never ending story. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and who like who's gonna get it? Like, where are they going to punch well, now, you in the gut? Yeah. Now we know there's two bird dogs. Yeah. There's a good bird dog and a bad bird dog. See, you say bird dog, but I say kitty dragon. Okay, that's, <laughs> the, well, <laughs> that, the, the only reason I say bird dog is that was what a lot of the guys at IGN say. So, yeah. I, and the, they always, that's what they just called the game now. They just call it bird dog. <laughs> and I, I, I'm so excited that that game is actually happening for real after that long period. Apparently. Yeah. Do you know, do you know that every game in the Uncharted franchise has come out since they announced The Last Guardian. Mm -hmm. Like the first trailer for The Last Guardian, every single Uncharted game has come out since, like in the time they've been working on that game. Absolutely not surprised. That's crazy. On top of that, they have been talking, uh, also in my research, they've been talking about doing a movie adaptation of it. And uh, like they're actually- Get the game out first. They got- got, Oh, no, not of that. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But uh, Shadow of the Colossus had a movie adaptation. They sort of uh, uh, shopped around the rights in 2009. Okay. And so here we are in 2016, and they're still, still talking shopping around about the rights, yeah. it. No, but they've got, like, they've had directors attached. They've got, like, mm. stories written. They've oh, got, they're, they're actually doing things on it, yet it's so phenomenally slow. So, yeah. This know. is one of the things, though, where it's, like, one of those times where it's just, like, you know what? Walk away. <laughs> Don't do it. Because you're just going to wreck it. Yeah. Like, it could be so good. It could be, like, a movie adaptation of that could be awesome. Like, if they had, like, almost no dialogue in it, like, or just, it like, the dialogue of the god or something. like Artful film. Yeah, yeah. it would be so cool. Mm-hmm. It would be such a cool film. But you know they're not. You no, know they're going to Hollywood it up, it, yep. and they're going to wreck it. Oh, absolutely! You're you're Walk totally away. right. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna Jake Gyllenhaal the hell out of this. Oh so. God, Jesus! No. <laughs> but like it's and it's why like to go on a tangent. But it's why I'm so worried about this Assassin's Creed movie. Like I love Assassin's Creed. I'm one of the biggest Assassin's Creed fans out there that you'll find. And I am so worried about this movie. Like you can already <laughs> see in the trailers that they've changed it. But yeah, but the worst no- the worst part is that in the trailers, most of the trailers are in like the the. Animus, like they're in the old and like they're in, I think they're Jerusalem Which, Yeah, for this one or no, it's not Jerusalem. Well, are, are they going back? Like this is a completely unique story. This is an Altair. Yeah, it's totally, is totally unique storyline, uh, yeah. but they're in the olden times, if you yeah. will. But then I remember like after all that footage came out and all the trailers came out, they're like, oh yeah, only about like 10% of the movie is in like that time. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> can you imagine uh, like, <sighs> can you imagine like obviously with the, any of the Assassin's Creed games, the stuff outside of the Animus was the worst stuff. 
It it's was the, garbage. It's, it's, the it's part one of the so reasons that's why you base your movie on. Yeah, nobody cares good. about any of that stuff. Yeah. So let's make a movie about. Yeah, it. exactly. Let's make a movie about the stuff that everybody hates about the series that you love. Yeah, yeah. that's why Black Flag was so freaking good. Is because you basically could skip all that. Like it was so small. It was so small. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Right, continue. So, yeah, back to Shadow of the Colossus. So um, also, um, like they really pushed what the PS2 could do in this game as well. There yeah. was a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as far as, like, the physics. Sort Fans of, were running hot. <laughs> Fans were running hot on that one. Like, it yeah. had, the it, like, the Colossi had, like, fur. There was kind of, like, the physics as it would, like, shake you around, and you would maybe, if you were standing on its back, and the way you would sort of, like, list and tumble and that kind of thing was really, like, they, they yeah. nailed it. It feels good to play. Do you remember, speaking of how it feels to play, maybe nothing more strut stressful than that grip meter oh yeah <laughs> so stressful because like as you hold oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say speaking of that grip meter is uh and people probably know this because the game is so well known but if you had a lot of strength in your grip meter you could actually climb the tower itself yeah. and get to the secret garden on top of the tower yeah. and everybody was like that yeah. was always the thing everyone was going for but it's one of those things it's actually it's hard you to have do, to do it. it like perfectly you have to do it really well there's a little bit of an exploit that you used to be able to do i don't think you can do it in the ps3 remake you could do it in the okay PS2 they removed version, it where if you did like a diagonal jump it didn't deplete your grip meter as that's much. right that's right and so but the thing is like you have to do a lot of climbing for a long time and if you fall off that tower then you've, you're starting at the very bottom yeah all over again and I was really upset when I started playing the PS3 version and realized that that exploit no longer worked. So <laughs> no are, worked. are you still able to get up in the PS3 version? I don't think I did. I think you can, but I don't think I was able to because either I didn't have enough grip strength or I didn't know what the uh, exact sequence I was supposed to be doing, but it, it didn't, the exploit just didn't work for me anymore. Okay. Is it one of those places that you kind of have to build your character up to to get to, or can you go there anytime you want? You can build your Strength meter, Yeah, right? you can build your strength meter. Yeah. Another thing that I have to say about Shadow of the Colossus that I absolutely loved about it is that it didn't hold your hand or tell you anything about the mechanics or what sort yeah. of was happening in the thing. Learn and, while you play. Yeah, and there's like a way to increase both your health and increase your grip meter, but they don't tell you. You just sort of discover it organically. And when yeah. I discovered how to get my grip strength up, like just totally <laughs> on so my own, amazing. like the sequence of events. And again, this may be a spoiler if you haven't played it, but you have a bow and arrow. And there's nothing in the world. There's no other animals. There's no creatures other than there's like a turtle and then there's like birds and... Yeah, birds, yeah. And that's pretty much it. But there's trees and stuff everywhere. And there's these fruit trees that are sort of scattered around the, uh, around the area and just sort of randomly screwing around, exploring, like there's a tree off in the distance. I'll go check it out. Look up. Oh, there's fruit in that tree. I wonder if I can shoot it down with my bow. Like knock one down, it like pierces through it, falls to the ground, like... Can I go get it? And then you eat the fruit and it increases your grip strength. Yeah. But the whole sequence just to do that without being told that you can do any of that is like, it's very rewarding, very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it's one of those games that just, it really rewards exploration. Yeah. And I covered every And you love inch. that show. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I covered every inch of that map. Like yeah. absolutely. Even finding like glitches in unfinished areas. I got lost in the forest for so long in that game. <laughs> I got you, lost for so long. You can't, it's easy to get turned around in that forest. Even yeah. though the fact the forest is not very big. It's really not. But it's, it's a small dense, area. But and it's, and yeah. if you've played, you know you need light and your sword to mm -hmm. guide you. Yeah. And in the forest, because it's dense, it's dark. Yeah. And so it doesn't shoot very far and you can't see very, it's Oh, man, so easy to get lost. <laughs> and I got lost for hours. Yeah. And uh, Shadow of the Colossus is often brought up in the whole video games as arts debate. It's, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very, very artistic game. I put it up there with Journey and yeah. things of that sort. 
Um, as far as the music goes, um, this was rated at the time EGM's soundtrack of the year for uh, Shadow of the Colossus. And also, here's a fun fact that I've written down, is Kaotani, who composed the music, also composed for several Gamera films in the 1990s. There you go. Yeah, if you don't know who I Gamera don't know what that is. is. <laughs> Gamera was essentially, uh, there was Toho who makes Godzilla, and then there was a rival company. I can't remember who they are, but they wanted to basically make their own answer to Godzilla. Okay. Another sort of like, like a giant Godzilla monster. Clone kind he was of? kind Godzilla, of a yeah. turtle-looking guy. Yeah. yeah. But it was basically oh, to be dude? their uh, answer to Godzilla. Yeah. And, and that was Gamera. And Gamera, like, you you haven't heard of Gamera? But I, I think I, now yeah. that you say he looks like a turtle, I think I know kind it of what you mean. monster guy, like guy in a monster suit kind of movie. Yeah, totally. Really, really cool. And I think it gained some popularity they just all being look on like, like those, like, you know, being like public access TV. Yeah. A silly Gamera movie, so you know, yeah, it's again the very very cheesy rubber suit. So the composer used to do music Gamera, did, yeah, did films. a few Gamera films in the nineties. <laughs> All right, that's cool. All right, so without further ado, this is Revived Power: Battle with the Colossus from Shadow of the Colossus. was the heroic theme. This is like when you start the battle, uh, the music is almost this like overwhelming kind of thing where it's you, it's odds are against you. You're going to die. Here's this huge thing. It's, yeah. uh, there's no way you can win. Well, every but as battle you start is to, yeah, Goliath, right? Exactly. So. As you start to actually overcome the Colossus, it kicks into this theme, yeah. which is the like, now you are starting to win. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is part two of the, yeah. the theme. Oh man, yeah. I can just see it in my head right now. Like I can just see like, um, the one with the the giant long sword where yep. he like swings it down and it slams in the ground. And you got to like climb up it. Oh, the, the one that of those was great. The best 
for me is the one that flies where you have to yeah. knock it down to the ground. It drags its wings. Yeah. And then it's the lizard. It's the sort of like leathery one where yep. then you have to be on aggro and you have to gallop beside it and leap off of horseback onto its wing. Right, when right, it, right. Then it takes off into the air and you're clinging to this thing like high above the desert. You can see aggro like running around like way, way down there as you're like crossing this That's thing. Cool. Yeah. No, that, yeah, what a crazy, uh, the feelings cool in that game. game. I know, like, it's just like that game. And it's funny because it's like, it's a PS2 game, right? Mm-hmm. So like as good as the graphics were and they were good, um, they're still PS2 graphics, yeah. but it's just like, it's one of those games where it invoked so much emotion oh, yeah. in you that like, it almost made it feel bigger than it was. Like it felt like, and I played this game on like a tiny tube TV. Like it was, you know, I didn't play it on anything impressive, but like it, you just felt it just felt so big. That is the power of good art direction. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Is that like no. people always talk about like the power of a system, but you don't need like a powerful system. If you have stellar art direction, you can convey a look and a feeling that just carries it well beyond any limitations of the yeah. hardware. And that and it's amazing because yeah. that's exactly what this game did. Did you ever play this game, Jordan? Yeah, I I, I got up to the first the first Colossus. <laughs> I, okay. I couldn't get into it, but I tried. And it, and a lot of me felt like I needed to have played this earlier in its lifespan because I was playing it on PS2. I didn't play the HD remake. Yeah. And I mean, the HD remake was one of those remakes where basically it's just like improved resolution, support yeah. for like widescreen TVs and fixing the frame rate, which was a real problem on the PS2 version as well. And uh, and one of the biggest things about the PS2 version is just had really bad anti-aliasing. There's a very like pixelated sort of quality, especially the things like the fur and like Wanda's yeah. hair. And, that and I wasn't playing it in the best setup ever. I was playing it on a giant projection screen. So <laughs> it was like blown up pixels. Yeah. But again, I got that, uh, that sense that I'd appreciate it more if I played it in a different time. Yeah. And you know what? It's worth, if you get a chance, it's totally worth going back and playing the PS3 remake. It's yeah. one of the things that I've like, I've had on my to-do list forever, but just never gotten to, but I really do need to go back. Yeah, and play that remake because it just—I don't know—it—it's it, a special game. It's definitely a special game, and there's a reason. Like, even like after ten years of development, people are excited for the Last Guardian, and yeah. it's just like that was a game. It was just one of those games, and it stuck with you. And yeah. and you're right, and it, it's be totally because of the art direction. And that's the thing is like, despite the passage of time and it aging or anything like that, it's a game I will always, always go back and play. And it's one of those games that like I played it, beat it immediately played it again, did like the sort of boss rush mode where you go and you fight like all the bosses individually. Yeah. Like it is a game that I will go back to years from now and I will never look at it and say, this is like, this is ugly or I can't, this, this is has unplayable. Aged well this or, hasn't aged well. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. It will always be a game that I will go back to. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and one last point that is yep. totally neither here nor there. But okay. <laughs> I just want to mention one more cool thing about it. Okay. Is that... uh you these colossi are sort of like this hybrid of uh, man-made material and nature, so it's kind of like yeah, almost grassy. And it's like if you were imagine like a giant statue that's all mossy and yeah, exactly overgrown and comes stuff. to life. But after you beat a colossi and and destroy it and then leave that area, if you ever go back to the area where that colossi was, there will essentially be like a mound or a hill or something that's like only vaguely shaped like it. So it's kind of like got this quality that it returns to the earth in a way. Yeah, it's it's almost like buried there. Yeah, like almost like it's buried or it sort of crumbled and just became part of the landscape again. Yeah, it went back to the earth kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Which is is, is a nice touch that I like. No, yeah. And and the game is special because it's full of things like that. Yeah. And that's what makes it great. That's right. But uh, all right. So that's it for part one. 
And uh, now Aaron is going to go through what he's been playing lately. Oh, because it's my he was, turn? Cause yeah, well, because you uh, went last. That's how it works. What have I been playing oh, lately? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be me first. Anyway, uh, I've been playing uh, a few just games here and there. One is uh, Resident Evil 5 I'm playing again because uh, the co-op in that is a lot of fun. Not much yeah. to say that other than, you know, I'm playing that again just because uh, I couldn't find anything that was like it as far as that sort of co-op action adventure. And I just recommended that he go play Army of Two. Which I need to look up. Because it's a, it's a great co-op, two-player co-op action game. And uh, uh, do you like Resident Evil 5 as part of the Resident Evil franchise? Because a lot of people... <laughs> loaded I know, not. that's the thing. Is, yeah. is it, it caught a lot of flack. And I yeah. didn't play it when it came out. I, I was, I'm a huge fan of 4, and I know we've talked about that before. But when 5 came out and I saw like this, this muscle brown, muscle bound Chris and they were talking about sort of like, you know, isn't the he the racism. one where his shoulders are bigger than his head? Yeah. And you can't see past him. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You <laughs> won't want to play him because he yeah. takes up half the screen. Exactly. But there was the whole issue of like racism surrounding the game and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I totally avoided the game for years and years and only within the past few years picked it up for the first time and only because uh, my brother and I wanted to actually play it co-op and it's you know despite all of the garbage underneath there well, on top of all the things you mentioned that people had problems with it also sort of changed the genre of the game a bit yeah it made it's it no longer a horror yeah. game and more of an action game yeah and it's true and that's the thing is if i don't if i don't really look at it like resident evil and just take it for what it is this yeah. sort of like just sort of action game it still has very resident evil moments in it but uh, yeah, it's if you sort of like separate it from the legacy of Resident Evil, it's a fine game. Cool. And I like it a lot. And also, I'm going to mention another game that I know Jordan is going to mention as well. Yeah. Uh, and Stealing I have to mention Thunder. it. I, no, I just have to mention <laughs> no, it because, no, it's I, because it's probably one of the most recent games I played. And uh, that game is Inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I played that because Jordan had played it and he had mentioned how good it was. And I'm a big fan of Limbo. It's from the same team that did Limbo. Yep. Play, Play Dead. That's their name. Play Dead. Yep. Indie company. And yep. we just recommended it to Mike. And now I'll our, go play it. Our, 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 <laughs> our three listeners out there, we're recommending it to you as well. That's and right. I'll let Jordan, since uh, Jordan led into that, I'll let him do the majority of talking on it when we get to get to him. I don't know if you want to say no, that. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. But, I'll just, uh, I'll jump in later. I just want to say that it is. It's very similar to Limbo. It just sort of like amps it up. It's the better version of Limbo as far as I'm concerned. And if you haven't played Limbo, it's just sort of a side-scrolling platformer puzzler type game. Yeah. But heavy, dark, super heavy on the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, and it's another game just like Shadow of the Colossus where they don't give you, they don't hold your hand or tell you anything. It starts the game and it doesn't tell you what the controls are. It doesn't tell you what you have to do. It doesn't tell you who you are or what you're running from or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And you you just have to just trial and error. Yeah. And you're immediately on the run and you have to like figure out what you can do to escape. Yeah, you hit start. And then a little boy like falls out of the bush. Yeah. And then he stands there and you're like, oh, I guess that's me. Here we yeah. go. And immediately like Wasn't there something a- starts chasing you and you just know like, yeah, I've better. got to run and what can I do? I have to hide. And you, you immediately like, it's just instinct, you know, yeah. there, there'll be a scenario like a dog will get you and you'll die and then you'll start again. You'll be like, okay. And the dog gets you again. And then you realize I got to do something. I got to change the way I'm playing. I got to think like, what, what can I do? What's around me? Like, it doesn't tell you anything and then you start to think differently and you realize how the game works. Yeah, it's very trial and error. And on, on top of that, it's not super punishing. If you do die, it doesn't set you back very far. It just gives you another chance to figure it's out. It's almost like part. every yeah. obstacle is almost a checkpoint. Yeah, and it's, exactly. It's very basic. You can run through like a good portion of the game without dying, 
but there are scenarios that challenge you a bit more. Yeah. And I want to mention this point. Uh, we were talking about the atmosphere about it is that I had recently just watched uh, the show Stranger Things on Netflix, which, yeah. which is a lot of people are talking about now. And uh, so that was in, in my mind and it really felt like that because you start off, you're in this like dark, mysterious, foggy forest and you're on the run from there's like sort of this government agents it almost feels like. Yeah. And there's the sense that something's wrong in this world. There's like these husks of people almost zombified. There's like the- Yeah, the, the you'll see like like foggy headlights in the distance and a truck will come by. And if it sees you, somebody will come out and shoot you. But if you, if you stay in the bush and just kind of watch what happens, you'll see that they're like escorting people, almost like they're willingly going into the back of this truck like prisoners. But it has this sort of like spooky, like government agency vibe. And also like the, the thought that almost there's monsters out there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, and those two elements, plus the fact you're playing, there's this little boy running through the forest that gave me, yeah, this, it almost this sounds like you're stranger describing things. Yeah, exactly. Things, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally gave me the stranger things vibe. And I, yeah. I, and I think I, it resonated strongly uh, with me because now I got to play this yeah. game. And there's no, there's no context to anything. Like you're figuring out like what, what the heck's going on? Like everything you described, it makes no sense. And the more you play, you start putting pieces together and then the story evolves and that's when you're hooked. It's mm -hmm. like you, you, you need to know what happens next. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it, uh, it is, it's a beautiful game and the animation is really, really smooth and nice. It really reminded me of going back quite a number of years to uh, the game Out of This World. Yeah. And where you sort of like are transported to this alien planet and you have to figure out what to do. And it's, but that game was sort of characterized by really fluid animation as yeah. well. Had an interesting lot, style. A lot of frames of animation. Like the character might have been a little bit smoother or slower but the animation was smoother and it yeah. felt more realistic. Yeah. And I think th that this game felt a lot like that as well. And I would be surprised if you talked to the development team, if they didn't say they were inspired by it in some way. With Halloween coming up, I think it's one of the, one of the go-to games for people right now. You should definitely play it. Yeah. Creepy. All right. Well, I'm going to play it now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just after that, I'm definitely going to play, but uh, all right. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for part one of episode eight of VGM Generations. Uh, remember, you can always tweet us at VGM Generations or email at us at VGM, email at us at VGM Generations at gmail.com. So now we talk about the contest. So last month, we were given away a copy of Metroid Prime and nobody entered. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it carries forward. That's what we've decided is that the prize carries forward. So, um, this month, you're going to get Metroid Prime and... A bonus? A bonus. A bonus. And the bonus is, as I know I mentioned in a previous no, episode... Remember, oh, we're oh, teasing what? it. We're teasing. We're just teasing it. All right, well... Part one. It's a bonus that I'm offering. Yeah. <laughs> and if uh, I mentioned in the in a previous episode, uh, it's, it's something that... Uh, you acquired in your earlier days. My earlier days. Something from my past. Something from before either me or Jordan knew Aaron. Yeah. Previous employment. Yeah. Previous employment. Sure. That's all we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's that's the tease for part one. So, and remember, uh, all you got to do to win the prize, which is growing ever bigger. Maybe by the time somebody wins this, it'll be like huge. And it'll be like <laughs> $700 to ship it. But that's okay, because we're going to keep going. But uh, so all you got to do is retweet. Uh, every, every week uh, when the podcast comes out, I tweet out all three services that it's available on. So SoundCloud is first, then iTunes, then Google Play. Um, just retweet whichever one you listen on. And then uh, for a bonus entry, 
uh, you can leave a review on either SoundCloud or iTunes. I messed up last time. You can't actually leave reviews on Google Play, as far as I can tell. Oh. So, um, yeah. So just leave a review on SoundCloud or iTunes. And, uh, yeah, that's it for part one. So uh, until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you for part two.